Hi, Jessica. Hello. Thank you so, so much for being on my podcast. Um, I'm so, so pleased to have you. I just thought maybe to begin with, could you introduce yourself? Oh, I'm so awkward at interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Jessica Rose Williams. Um, I am a writer slash lifestyle blogger um, living in a tiny village in the Peak District in the UK and I write about living a slower, simpler, more meaningful and intuitive life um, all across the internet. (laughs) Absolutely and actually I, I know I've just mentioned that to you before we started recording I've been following you for I think quite a few years I think I'm talking about three four years probably Oh, wow. Well done. I know, I know. It just <laughs> feels like... <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. I just think you have such a clear voice and it's just such a clear... I mean, your aesthetic is fantastic. So if anyone hasn't seen your Instagram, they should definitely give it a follow because it's just so calming and beautiful. Oh, thank you. That's really, really, really kind of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> so I've just finished your book, as I just said. I have it in my hands and it's... <gasps> beautiful I've really enjoyed it and it's just a very beautiful book of itself (laughs) wow thank you it's so strange because obviously it only came out last week as we're talking um but it's just been so nice to actually see it in people's hands and and in people's homes just to see you know where it's where it's flying off to but then to hear that someone's actually enjoyed it is just Oh, it just it really, really fills my heart. I'm so, so happy to um, to hear that you've you've made my day, made my week. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, if you need a visual image, so this morning I was actually on the tube. So I live in London and I was on the tube reading it. So it's definitely been read somewhere on London oh, underground. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so cool to think of. I love that. <laughs> I thought you'll appreciate a little image of your book being open somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which line I need to know which line it was on <laughs> it was actually it was the best one it was overground so nice and airy <laughs> I could see the sunshine <laughs> <laughs> but I thought before we're going to jump in and chat about your book um I just wanted to talk about a little bit about your journey how did you get where you are so in my podcast I really like talking about well, women's journeys really to get where they are because often we see someone and we admire them and we think their life looks fantastic. But actually, the way to we only see this little snapshot, so the way to get there takes a while, doesn't it? So I thought it'd be really interesting to know kind of what led you to where you are right now. And obviously without giving away your entire book, <laughs> but just maybe some of the yeah. pivotal moments or the ones that you decide to share with us. Yeah, um, I mean that is exactly what the um, what the book goes into, really. Um, mm-hmm. The you know my entire entire journey going right back to when when I was little. Um, but to just give you a brief overview without trying to regurgitate seventy thousand words <laughs> <laughs> in the space of a few minutes, um, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer when I was 25 and up until that point I was gosh like you know like a lot of people I was heavily conditioned to be a people pleaser and never feel like I was good enough 
in every sense of that word. So, you know, in terms of looks, in terms of body image, in terms of what I was capable of, um, what I wanted to do, I just it was tr- like trying to fill this unfillable void constantly. Um, I was heavily addicted to shopping, to trying to attain all those stereotypical, you know, tick boxes of, um, I'm doing the air quotes, Joey from (laughs) Friends air quotes. (laughs) Yeah, the stereotypical success. I was striving for all the, all those things. They were all the wrong things for me. And I was just people pleasing my life away to the point where I didn't know who I was, what I wanted. And yeah, my identity was in in crisis, really. But I didn't realize it until I was diagnosed with cervical cancer when Mm -hmm. I was 25. Um, It was only stage one. And I talk about this like survivor's guilt in um, in the podcast. But it was enough to shed a lot of death anxiety onto me and I really suffered with that for quite a while but in a way it was a good thing because it, it got me to really think about you know if the worst had happened how would I I felt what regrets would I have had and it, it gave me a, a good a good kick up the backside to make some changes and I, I made a promise to myself that I would stop doing things that weren't meaningful and I would you know strive for it. at that point it was all about a more meaningful life but I didn't know what that looked like at the time um and then I started reading about slow living and minimalism and decluttering and ended up getting rid of so much stuff and I created this this physical space for myself and then mental space for myself following that and it was out of that space that I started to realize that what I really wanted to do in terms of you know work and and career was I wanted a a creative life I wanted to build a creative business and so I took a deep breath and started my blog back in 2017 Um, I'd already been messing around with Instagram before that um, but actually putting like words out on the internet felt (laughs) super super scary but I've been wanting to do it for years and I've been watching people and thinking oh you know I'd, I'd love to do that I think maybe I could do that and you, you know when an idea strikes you you find yourself like daydreaming about it and fantasizing about it and it's kind of tempting you isn't it but you're kind you're thinking of all the reasons why not to mm-hmm. and I just went for it and people started reading it and I got quite committed to it and <laughs> yeah it grew into it grew into a creative business and yeah that was 2017 so we're 2022 now my books just come out so it um yeah it's kind of it's it's grown arms and legs and it's my main it's my main gig now mm-hmm. fantastic thank you so much for sharing that and I think just your whole presence on an internet again it just has such a coherent vibe <laughs> I think that's how I would describe it have you always had that sense of where you want to end up in or like a, a very clear aesthetic or it just came with time really is working through things? Um, I think I've always been really clear on 
aesthetic though I have experimented with that with that quite a bit I'm a really I'm naturally a very visual mm-hmm. person and I really enjoy curating visuals I always talk you know like when I was at school I don't know if this is a thing at your school but we had like art folders if you did art yeah. in like years uh-huh. 10 and 11 and the card in the art folder we used to like collage hours and we all had these really strict uniforms so I went to a Catholic high school and that was like our way of expressing ourselves <laughs> and I took mine so seriously that curation you know making the collage and creating an aesthetic it's just something that I've always naturally enjoyed and then obviously when Pinterest came out, that fed, um, that fed, that addiction. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just something that I, I naturally am drawn to and, and personally enjoy. But I think it's, it's developed over time and I think it's been tweaked and it's always changing slightly and growing. And I think that's the way that it, that's the way that it should be. Oh, agreed. Yeah, it definitely needs to go through changes and kind of development. Um, and all of that. yeah that's what makes it beautiful <laughs> and I think so the way kind of I summarized your book if you don't mind me sharing <laughs> so not at all oh, it's here. <laughs> I've actually I've done um the review as well on Goodreads so I think it will translate to Amazon oh. as well <laughs> amazing thank you so much but the way I said it is for me anyway it felt it's very heartfelt gentle and at times a bit desperate search for happiness and I felt like you used minimalism as a filter that you've seen your life through. So almost mm-hmm. minimalism was a crutch that helped you, that guided you in a way. Mm-hmm. And I loved yeah, it. Because... I definitely agree with that. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I, I got that right. Because I think it's really interesting. Obviously, you talk about minimalism a lot. And um, I've been kind of exploring minil- minimalism for the last few years, too. And I loved that you touched on kind of the other side of minimalism and how it can be, I don't know if toxic is too bright of the word, <laughs> but it can be quite dangerous sometimes and people take it too far on occasion, but like sometimes you need to explore that and come back to yourself. And I think you do that beautifully through your book, kind of show your journey with that and coming back to where you are now, which is obviously a much more authentic place for you to be. Um, yeah definitely um I think the thing with minimalism I mean there's just so many lifestyles out there at the minute aren't there and they look so glossy mm. and shiny talking about that aesthetic again they look so glossy and shiny on Pinterest and Instagram and so alluring and you know the kind of the answer to all your problems and if like you said it can be quite dangerous it can be quite toxic and I think what you need to be aware of is that these so-called lifestyles can be just as damaging as the very typical consumerist lifestyles. So instead of being told, you know, you're not good enough as you are, you need this, this and this to be happy and getting you to buy more things, it kind of works in the opposite way where it's getting you to get rid of things. And, you know, unless you live this kind of extreme lifestyle then and and happiness is always the carrot that's you know that's dangled mm-hmm. and again I talk about this in the book and how what I came to the conclusion of is that happiness is not and should not be our ultimate goal in life even that's even though that's what we're told all the time 
that fulfillment is a much more achievable and realistic goal and that you can feel that in times of um, happiness and despair at the same time which is just so much more relieving than feeling like you have to be and should be happy all the time and do whatever it takes to to get there Um, but I also think minimalism can especially appeal to people like me who have a a tendency to as I said earlier feel like they're not good enough it can feed their desire which is quite twisted and often subconscious but their desire to deprive themselves and that can get quite quite toxic and dangerous but what I love minimalism for I'm bashing it at the minute aren't I (laughs) (laughs) what I actually love it for is the permission that it can give you to create space in your life because I think when we create space in our life you know we quiet now we quiet in our minds and then we can start we can start to listen to our hearts and what emerges in that space is individual for all of us and can be can be magical it definitely was for me no absolutely I think it's beautifully summed up and what I find interesting through your book as well that it's um it's kind of a hybrid I suppose of your writing obviously a lot of that based on your personal life uh, but then also has quite a lot of workbook aspects and I was just wondering what was the decision behind that why did you want to include kind of some tasks and journaling questions instead of just having pure writing yeah so I mean I wanted to create something different because there are so many books out there on minimalism and I didn't feel like I had anything different to offer to that space but I wanted to offer what I had learned and the way I knew the only way I could make this book unique and different was to add my own story in there Um, and I'm someone who really enjoys reading other people's stories other people's struggles and I find inspiration and motivation in that so I wanted to try and give that to other other people and I didn't want it to be all about me so I wanted to share my own path the pitfalls the successes of that but I wanted to invite the readers along with me so the journal prompts were to just give people a nudge alongside my own journey to ask start asking themselves the questions that I started to ask myself because they were so valuable to me so obviously I wanted to 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 share those and in the hope that I could maybe help help other people as well and I think it does a brilliant job of that yeah I've really liked your questions actually definitely made me think of things (laughs) yeah well that that's always like that's always my aim with with all of my work I just I want to if I can make people think and I can make people feel then I've done I've done my job that's that's what my work always that's the you know the purpose behind all my work Mm -hmm. absolutely and actually while you were writing your book just curious did you have like a specific person in mind or like your ideal reader if you like have you had had some someone in thought that you thought actually this person would really benefit from reading my story I literally blocked every person out and told myself no one was going to read it (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's the I think that's the only way that I could have I could have written it um I've gone through that before and I definitely do that with day-to-day work like if I'm you know if I'm making a vlog and I'm looking in the camera I know who I'm who I'm looking at because I'm talking to my audience like all the time mm-hmm. people that follow me so I feel like I know them really really well and the same for blog posts and Instagram posts but with the book because it was such a huge dream of mine it felt so scary um I took away any kind of any kind of pressure um and I just I just wrote it as if no one was um was going to read it and that really freed up and yeah it it gave me the freedom to to write with with compassion to write in a way that I wasn't trying to impress anyone or anything like that it just it freed up the the whole process and made it a lot more enjoyable Mm, yeah and I think it definitely shows and actually I remember so as I said I've been following you for a while but I remember a few years ago actually you were very honest about sharing that you've obviously you wanted to write a book for a wee while um Mm -hmm. and you were very honest about that you got rejected from some of the publishing before yep yeah a lot of rejection I wonder if you don't mind sharing (laughs) what did you take away from that and did that change your kind of perception of writing a book in a way yeah, it changed it a lot. Um, I think, like I said, writing a book was a huge dream of mine. I've always been someone who like tears down my own work. So, you know, I've always struggled to call myself a, you know, capital W writer because <laughs> I'd always think, oh, well, you just, you know, you, you pay for your own blog and no one's actually paying you to do it. And like anyone can just write a blog, any, literally anything to, to tear myself down. Um, but to be published is traditionally, you know, it's a seal of approval, isn't it? I mean, it's not, though. That's the thing that I've, that I've learned from this is like nothing actually changes. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything at all. Just because someone else thinks that you were publishing doesn't make your writing any better. Your writing's always been your writing, whether someone was wanting to publish it or not. Um, but it just it felt like such a scary dream and and what I found myself doing was writing in a way that wasn't really me and the publishing world I find it really scary and I've I've described it before as like um like a headmistress's office you know mm-hmm. with the in crowd in there and like you're you're sort of looking through the blinds tapping on the door and they just shut them <laughs> it's um it feels it it did to me anyway it's an alien world to me I didn't grow up with those kinds of expectations for myself it felt like a really really big big scary dream so I found myself trying to impress these people and my writing was really really stiff and rigid and it wasn't it wasn't me and I through those rejections I learned to take that pressure off myself and to write with compassion mm-hmm. and that that really changed things and made definitely made my writing a lot better and led to a book deal but those rejections what you know what I mainly learned from that was that you're going to get rejected everyone does and you know sadly the a lot of publishing is all about who you know as opposed okay. to as opposed to how good a 
writer you you actually are I've I can't remember how many times like J.K. Rowling got rejected it was so many yeah, I'm sure it's in like the 20s or 40s uh-huh. or something like that it's, it's nuts um and it taught me to just keep going and it was like they call it exposure therapy don't they when you just do mm-hmm. do that thing that's that's going to terrify you and rejection felt so so scary to me so to put myself out there for it and just get no, it's not for us. No, we're not keen. No, 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 no. You, you become not hardened to it, but you become desensitized to that to that rejection. And then you're more willing to just keep going and do it again. And I think that is a huge, huge part of the process. And that's the advice that I would give to anyone who wants to be a published writer in the traditional sense is just keep going. Don't give up. If somebody rejects you, it's not personal and that's not to say that the next pitch is going to be a rejection as well. Mm, I agree and I think it's very powerful as well what you're talking about how kind of pushing yourself and doing this scary thing because often when we think in our head I don't know if I were to submit <laughs> a proposal for a book now if I got a rejection I might think that this is the scariest thing in the world but once that mm-hmm. happens do you realize actually nothing bad happened to me my ego just got bruised maybe a little they can just get over it two days later yeah exactly that exactly that and just you just have to um keep going and you know usually there's there's um there is something to learn out of out of each one it might be that you know the pitch wasn't great or you learn about well maybe you know that publishing house isn't looking for my kind of thing so you start thinking about which one would there's always something to to learn and no nobody no one starts at the top mm-hmm. absolutely actually something that you mentioned earlier that really stuck with me um you were talking about kind of that you had to go through almost those rejections to really find your voice in a way and I think mm-hmm. that theme really comes through your book as well because I think you talk a lot about how we only find ourselves once we quite painfully sometimes peel away those layers of kind of internalized expectations that we picked up from somewhere else the way they should be the way they think that we should look and all of that and I think that just shows and you talk about it very honestly and very raw in your book and I just think that's something that really stuck with me oh that's good to know that was that like I knew that that was the message that I wanted to to share that we i I believe that we do all have the answers inside, but I think there are a lot of us that share those those insecurities, those fears, those traumas, and that often the real us is while it's in there and it's always wanting and trying to come out, a lot of the time it's shrouded in in pain from I don't know, maybe childhood, maybe like you said, those expectations. It could be, it could be anything, but that 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 true north, that that voice is quietened, and it's our job to start that conversation with ourselves and, like you said, peel away. And a lot of us don't want to do that, and I completely understand why. Like having mm-hmm. gone through the process and it's someone who is still going through that process wading through your own pain the insecurities it's not it's not a nice it's not a nice <laughs> process 
Uh Um, it doesn't feel good and you know psychologically we are wired to not do things that don't make us feel good Um, and society doesn't doesn't help with that but we have to have faith that doing what is right for us and figuring out who we are and what we want and what we like is the richer journey and is going to be you know more more meaningful and and worth it in the end and that's what I've that's what I've personally found on on my own path slash journey Mm, yeah and I think actually all of that just goes back to the insanely deep-rooted fear of us feeling like we don't fit in and actually you've mentioned Mm. that I think you mentioned that metaphor a few times you talk about kind of round peg in a square hole and I just I'm curious what does that mean to you um, it means trying to be, yeah, I think it's like trying, we have these idealized versions of ourselves that feel safer. Um, and like you said, we, we go for those because I think historically we, we needed to fit in again, Joey air quotes to, <laughs> you know, to survive. If we go right back to, to tribal times especially as women if we didn't fit in if we didn't go with the flow our literal livelihood our lives were at stake were threatened and that can still be the case in in certain parts of the world I feel really privileged as a white western woman to have choices that aren't Mm -hmm. going to harm my you know my physical safety um but I think there's a lot of rewiring to be to be done, and I think it can it can take generations to to weed out. And we're just entering this this period now again, especially as women, where we have so many choices, so many opportunities, and you know we're all start finally starting to root for one another instead of constantly mm-hmm. being torn down and and tearing ourselves down. It feels like there's a real revolution happening at the minute especially in the creative world which is so exciting and liberating and and freeing but to step into that means truly allowing ourselves to be seen and that can be a really scary thing especially when you've grown up feeling like you're not good enough or you feel like that now because of all the subliminal subliminal messages that's put on us constantly, all the time, literally everywhere that you look, it can feel like a really unsafe, scary thing to do. So instead, we create these idealized versions of ourselves that feel safer, but they're not they're not the real us. And therefore something will always be out of sync. Something will always feel unaligned and I think that can create issues for for us I think that's when these things manifest and we think oh you know pushing them down and just putting on a brave face putting on a smile carrying on like that that's that's the way to live but I I really don't think that that's actually possible I think these things manifest and end up end up coming out sideways unless we we actually deal with them because our subconscious is constantly you know flying a little flag and rooting for us not just to survive but to to thrive and to flourish 
And the only way to do that is to be our true, our true selves, our unique selves, and offer everything that it is that we that we want to offer to the world naturally as as the um what did you say round hole which is it square <laughs> right square peg, peg in a square round hole, hole. Yeah. <laughs> round I peg no yeah. idea <laughs> i make it up every time yeah. so i'm not clear we need to find our round hole <laughs> <laughs> we need to uh, we just need to be ourselves and have faith in that and trust in that 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 is that that's enough it's more than enough though it's, it's so much more than enough Mm, yeah absolutely and I think do you know what actually really helps me is thinking about I, I love history so I learned a lot about mm, that me too but, but just kind of l- learning those lessons and how actually the way that our culture and society is built right now it doesn't mean that this is the only right way and actually we probably took a few wrong turns to end up where we are right now obviously some things are great but things like the way the the modern world is just driven by patriarchy and those qualities that are very quite masculine in a way and I don't mean just a manly but just very energetic very out there very uh, extroverted I suppose and actually Mm -hmm. finding that quiet sensitive side it sometimes feels very vulnerable and that's something that really resonated with me because I am naturally very introverted and I class myself as a highly sensitive person um and once I find that, it's almost it's a very comforting label because that's when I realised that actually I'm not alone. And I think that's why I'm quite attracted to your work because you're you allow yourself to be vulnerable and sensitive just as you are without trying to change it or to put a different face on at all times. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding along to everything <laughs> you're saying. I'm definitely introverted like, like you are in cost myself as highly um highly highly sensitive and it's so interesting what you're saying about the history side of it like you go back to the industrial revolution which changed so much about how we how we work now and women were not part of that plan or that conversation at all um and we should have been and we're you know we're kind of putting our stakes in the ground at the minute especially as creators and saying you know, hang on a minute, we want to do things, we want to do things our own way. And like I said, going back to that revolution that's happening, we are making our own way. We're stepping out of the workplace. We're making our own creative businesses, supporting one another, helping one another. It's just such an incredible thing to be a part of. And it's something that I don't think we've ever, we've ever seen before with Mm -hmm. female artists all collaborating and and coming together and finding their their independence and their comfort in being who they are and not only that but using that as their superpower to to create and to reach other people it's just it's such a beautiful beautiful thing to me Mm, absolutely are there any things in your life that really help you to kind of reconnect to that side of yourself maybe something that helps you to listen to your intuition more or just feel a bit more grounded and kind of in your own skin yeah I I mean I have three I have like three pillars for me which are exercise meditation and journaling and if I was going to choose one of them it would be journaling that is my that's my favorite thing to do that's how I really connect with myself open up those channels and it's 
it helps me process my thoughts my feelings it helps me transcend them so you know get them out of my body onto a page they often don't come out very organized or coherent Mm. but they come out and that's what that's what makes me um makes me feel really really good and connected to myself and it helps me make sense of things because I'm a huge overthinker as well and I can just get so lost in in my own head um that's my favorite thing to do and I try and do that every every single day Mm -hmm. absolutely I mean I agree I'm I'm just nodding along the whole time I'm actually a meditation (laughs) teacher so meditation is something that I I swear by (laughs) I think oh amazing would really benefit from more meditation in their life yeah definitely yeah it's just such a good time to just really remember almost who you are and see yourself Mm -hmm. as yourself rather than this version of yourself that you're gonna have to be during your day most of the time yeah yeah I um I love meditation for that Mm. actually another quote that I've really liked you said that we have to take responsibility of our own well-being to become the change we wish to see in the world. And I love that because I think a lot of self-help books sometimes talk about how we need to change our surrounding and sometimes people around us need to change or bend things. But I just love the notion that actually we need to take that responsibility sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think it can be, yeah, it's, you know, living from, from the inside the inside out um I think it can be so easy to deflect onto other people onto our surroundings onto our circumstances and think um just to give an example you know about the book thing that oh this is happening to me because and this is terrible and it's, you know that and the other but it, at some point we, do, we just we do we have to take responsibility for ourselves especially you know as adults um I have this thing about you know wanting to be looked after all all the time Mm -hmm. wanting other people to do things do things for me but that's that's just not going to get me as far even if that were the case as taking care of myself because we are actually in the best position to give ourselves what we need as opposed to other people because we are us we are connected to ourselves should be ideally connected to ourselves in a way that can't be resembled through another another person I think a lot of the time that's a really um a really missed opportunity Mm -hmm. absolutely well your book is called enough and I think it resonates with so many people it's just I feel so much freedom and accepting that you you are enough as you are and it also feels so yeah. scary to say that to yourself <laughs> yeah it can be a it can be a scary thing it's kind of like oh you know no one no one told me that oh my gosh if that's the case then hang on a minute that means I could do this this and you know all these things it just it opens up lots of possibilities and that, that's what I really wanted the the book to to do for people and that's that's what I hope hope it does for people um it's just it's so nice to hear you saying such such lovely um lovely things about it thank you I just think you have a very authentic voice and it comes across really well through writing um yeah I'm sure a lot of people would really enjoy reading this book and I'm sure we'll give them something 
maybe some thoughts, maybe some insights that they were missing. (laughs) No, absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much um, for this conversation and just coming on this call. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I've really, really, really (laughs) enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. I just suppose just my last question really is, I know it's probably a bit, putting pressure on you and asking what is next. Well, obviously, you've just published the book and I'm sure you will take a bit of time to kind of celebrate and enjoy the moment. But is there anything coming up that you wouldn't mind sharing with people? Anything that you're excited about in the future? Do you know what? I'm just really excited to have the time and space to get back to the day-to-day creating process of like more instant content, getting back to creating on Instagram, to blogging, on my youtube channel and writing blog posts again i've really really missed that um and i'm really really excited to to get back get back to that (laughs) absolutely well i will link everything below and i will link uh, your book as well i'm sure people will want to buy it and read it for themselves as well but yeah thank you so much jessica have a wonderful day (laughs) thank you. you too Thank you so much for listening. It would mean a world to me if you rate this podcast. If you're using an Apple podcast app, all you need to do is just scroll down a bit and hit those five stars. Don't forget to subscribe, that way you will not miss any future episodes. And if you would like to work with me as a life coach, you can find all information on my website and you can get in touch with me through my Instagram or email. All will be linked in the show notes.